0: Everyone, and welcome to the nerd room. Where we talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This is episode number 104. We'll be catching up on some January news and rolling through those Oscar nominations. I'm your host Tim. I'm Troy, and I'm back, and I'm
1: Sanjay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome back. Well, I dude. just thought I'd throw a curveball at you guys. Yeah, dead air. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> like Sanjay coming in and chucking a curveball right off the bat. I know.
1: Nothing can kill a podcast quicker than me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How was sunny Las Vegas, my dude?
1: Um, It was good. It was good. I was just in rehab, and so that's why I was down there, you know, trying to uh, kick that steelbook and DVD collecting addiction. Didn't but go very well. No, no. In fact, it was the opposite. So. You left. Yeah, nope. I, I've... Did I ever picked up fifty five movies down there? <laughs> wow!
0: <laughs> this guy was on us before about collecting legends and black suits. I
1: know, it just happened. Um, Americans, you guys don't know how lucky you are collecting movies. So many movies that the USA has that Canada doesn't have. Movies like that are pretty big titles, like you know the new Battle of the Sexes with uh, the tennis match. Emma, yeah, Emma Stone, yeah. uh, Steve, Steve Carell. Carell. Yeah. In Canada, you could can only get the DVD we can't get the blu-ray we can't get the blu-ray
0: makes no sense why That's would they crazy. even do that
1: why do you even put out dvds at this point in time when you have 4k blu-ray it doesn't make sense like you might as well put it out on vhs like uh-huh. if you're a distributor in canada stop putting out dvds like who i who's didn't think they buying that... DVDs? they don't put
0: them even in the packs anymore do they uh
1: some of them come with the dvd but most of them just come with digital now
0: like most recent movies hitting the shelves Surely they only come with like a three D Blu ray digital code and four K uh They can't th- come with the DVD. They don't even sell D V D players anymore, I don't think. Uh but
1: they work in Blu-rays and four Ks. Oh, good. There's point. something called like four K upscaling where you put your D V D in and then it'll upscale the video to like four K quality kind of no Yeah. Interesting. It's yeah. But yeah, um this, Vegas, ton of like small stores that are just like in Vegas that are filled with movies that are used and you and I, I load it up big time so if I can manage to figure out how to work a camera and a mic, I'm going to shoot a video and go through a rundown of everything that I picked up while in Vegas. So keep an eye out for that because if I ever get motivated to do it, it's going to it's gonna hit the YouTubes and it's going to, you know, clear the airwaves. So what's your count now?
0: Your total <laughs> count? On... My
1: countdown of movies now, Uh, 1,605. Damn.
0: Wow, that is impressive. I've been slowly dwindling <laughs> my collection down to about, I don't know, I must have maybe about 45 films now all everything's digital so
1: i bought more films this past weekend than you own
0: i think so yeah (laughs) that's crazy i think so yeah like i'm trying to get rid of the clutter and i feel like dvds take up a lot of space like i've got dvds that i haven't watched in 15 20 years probably like 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 i got batman u571 that was the first dvd i ever owned (laughs) go figure i remember that but i have i watched it twice my whole life (laughs) i got it when i was like 15
1: (laughs) some of those movies though um I find with physical media going the way of the dinosaur and the way of uh, not landlines. Yeah.
0: Mobiles? Mobiles, VHSs? VHSs? All those (laughs) like
1: dead technologies. Uh, A lot of those movies that are not very popular that aren't on Netflix are hard to find. Like, you know, um, movies like The Dark Knight Rises isn't on Netflix, which is weird to me.
0: Yeah. Just aren't the rights though. But Uh. because it doesn't you have their own streaming it's service. Coming soon, it's yeah. coming soon, yeah. yeah. So they're saving all that for then. Yeah. Like they're not those are some of their bigger properties that can draw people in, right? right.
1: Yeah, eventually it'll just be like TV channels, but it'll just be all streaming services. So you'd have to subscribe to probably like an ABC streaming, a CBS, a Fox. Well those disney are all owned anyways. by disney anyways yeah. so. so so yeah coming
0: 2019 disney streaming service yeah <laughs> all of that is gonna be including everything fox <laughs> that's crazy even fox news yeah <laughs> Ooh, hopefully not <laughs> no political stuff here anyways guys if you are new to the podcast welcome we kind of jumped right into it there but like we said at the top all things star wars marvel and dc and we always like to jump in early on into some collecting into some comic book talk and Sanjay, like he had just said he was just in vegas collecting movies like a crazy man <laughs> like an absolute Maniac that was that was my one response to some of the movies that you <laughs> Maniac there
1: I got that movie Maniac actually
0: while <laughs> there I was you in go. Vegas and you picked up Monster too Monster yeah all thanks, to,
1: all thanks to you Tim I mean on this podcast you're saying how it was such a good movie and I was like Damn, that does sound interesting. Yeah, so. Check it out. That's
0: what got Gareth Edwards' Rogue One. So it's it's pretty decent. <laughs> $3. Yeah, there you go. On Blu-ray. What a deal. I got it digitally somewhere. I think it might be on Netflix too. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs>
1: ah, whatever. But yeah, thank you for so much for that suggestion and uh, looking forward to watching it and uh, completing my Gareth Edwards collection. I think he's at, what, two movies now? Something like that.
0: <laughs> He'll get yeah. something else. Not to worry. Troy, <laughs> yeah, how man. has comics and collecting been since Sanjay's been away? Dead. dead, dead. I, I still haven't found my way at the comic
2: book store. I'm gonna go probably next week. I'll pick up. But um, yeah, man, it's just been quiet. You know, last time I was here, I think I mentioned I got Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. So I've just been watching that like every day. And uh, <laughs> other than that, man, yeah, just been chilling.
0: Yeah. Pretty you, low. We're gonna get into this, but I yeah. racked up a few Oscar noms yeah. dude. Maybe a, a snub
2: or so. Maybe a snub. Yeah, or yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think so. But yeah. I got
0: one important one. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get yeah. there. Though. Okay. Yeah. We will get <laughs> okay. there. We're gonna run down all the Oscar nominations, which did drop today as well i'm looking forward to talking about that that's something that we do every single year we may slide that over to detours this year maybe one of the first episodes we actually run down our oscar nomination pool that we usually do we kind of do a bit of a beer bet we've done in the past and we'll just see how that evolves out. But we're going to talk about particularly some of the comic book movies and some of our favorite movies that got nominated in those categories, especially when it comes down to the editing, which The Last Jedi seemed to clean up in yeah. a little bit. Blade <laughs> <laughs> <You have Land laughs> Runner 49, Dunkirk, and a special nomination for Logan. But we're going to get into all of that. But before we do that, we're going to talk just a little bit more about comics and collecting here. Because for me also, comic books have been a bit slow. For just this week, I haven't made it to the comic book shop. But one thing I want to talk about here is my wife for Christmas grabbed me some new bags and boards. Now, she ordered them off Amazon. I'm not one for change. I kind of like my bolt standard boards and bags. But she went out limb, grabbed these for me. And you know what? Change is good sometimes. (laughs) She picked me up these bags. Now, there's no company name or anything like that. Maybe I'll throw a photo up on Twitter. It just says resealable current comp bags. And the key thing there is resealable. When I first got them, I really didn't see the word resealable. But these things are awesome. It comes with like a little strip on the back and you just pull the tape piece off or the cover piece and flip over the bag and your comp book's done. You don't need scotch tape, nothing like that. It opens and closes and it doesn't affect your comp book as you're pulling it back out. Used to where you have the tape kind of dangling there. In the past, you get it caught in the cover, or oh, get it caught the in the worst. back and you're just sitting there holding your breath hoping it doesn't affect anything. But these things totally make that go away. Like it seems like it's such a simple thing, but like it's revolutionary when it comes to bags. <laughs> like, I don't know how long these have been out for. Incredible. So, moral of the story, change is good sometimes.
1: <laughs> Are they uh more expensive than like the normal bags and boards or?
2: Couldn't tell you but I'm guessing not. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember, you know, because uh, I, I did get these. These have been out for a while, maybe two years, yeah. and I Being thought they discontinued it. them. Yeah. So that's why I've given up on these things. My, my comic book store doesn't supply them anymore, but now that I know, I guess Amazon yeah. is where you pick these things up, so man, I'm going back to uh, Amazon to get these things, because yeah, like you mentioned, man, the, the seal at the back is just awesome.
0: Yeah, my yeah. only caution on them, too, is just to make sure you get the air out of the bag before you seal it because they do seal really well. Yeah. I sealed one that had a bit of air in it, uh, and it kind of gave like almost like an air padding, which... I guess isn't the worst thing in the world, but if you start to stack those up in a box, it's gonna take up a lot more room than just your normal flat comic books. Yeah. interesting. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Then outside of that, it's you know collecting. It's I'm wandering around the Black Panther Isles. I've seen a lot of air Killmongers. Yeah, I'm I'm out. I'm not doing legend checking <laughs> out. I'm checking out. No Iron Man. No. I haven't. No. Seen, well, I haven't really. I have even seen the Iron Man. Oh, okay. But okay. all new, all different, man. I'm I'm, I'm pulling back yeah. on the legends here. I finally put my foot down about Black Panther. Nice. No legends. I'm waiting this out to Infinity War. That's a good call. Yeah. yeah,
1: they were all in Vegas. They had the whole line there. So Yeah,
0: are you, yeah, you sent me a picture of everything yeah. you saw there, right? Yeah, it was yeah. pretty
1: cool. They had the uh, two pack two. It was like uh, Claw and I think Black Panther. Yeah, there was kind of a comic book one, right? Yeah. yeah, and then they had like Black Panther, Six uh, Submariner, uh, Iron Man. Yeah, he had the Killmonger. beard, right? Yeah. 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 Gotta so, love the scruff. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I I was actually this close to getting Black Panther, but I was like, Sanjay, like you know your addiction. If you get Black Panther, then you're like, well, it'd be cool to have the whole Infinity War lineup. So then I'd get Iron Man, Cap, then I'd probably have to get Thanos. And I was like, that's like 500 bucks. So I, a I put it back. dark path to walk. <laughs> I put it back at the last minute, but this close. Yeah.
0: It looks so nice though. They are gorgeous figures. It's yeah. very difficult to turn them away, but it's just the price point. You know? Yeah. It's I can justify the Black Series. And you know what? Like, I'm going to justify it with Infinity War, but... Yeah. More of a pick-and-cheese line now. Yeah, for me, the game changer was um, the
2: technology and the face sculpts now because mm-hmm. from the Civil War line and now with Chadwick Boseman's face because now they're so much better with those paint, yeah. the 3D printing. So that kind of won me over but I'm only sticking to the two figures,
0: Iron Man because I love that armor and obviously the the latest Black Panther. Yeah. yeah. Well, nice. there you go. I'm hoping that we get a run of Black Series figures here in yeah. the not-too-distant future and kind of pick up on collecting here because overall, it's, it's been great. Like, I'm catching up with comic books and like I said last week, okay, I've been kind of just going on about for the last few podcasts is that 2018 has been great stuff yeah. so far you've had a ton of fun collecting steel books and videos <laughs> yeah and we've both been getting back into comics yeah. and everything like that so yeah it's great i'm loving loving it right now loving nerd
2: oh speaking of comic books sorry um action comics 1000 yeah michael bendis is going over there and superman's briefs are coming back he's putting is the bendis Red Red is doing Unique? justice league no uh, no uh action, action comics, action so comics. sorry sorry yeah, yeah. yeah sorry <laughs> so he's doing super is he writing 1000 he's doing 1000 i think it's gonna be it's, like an annual though with think like a couple there's like writers. yeah a bunch of stories in yeah. there
1: and he's just gonna do one of them it's gonna be like a huge event like, yeah first Bendis. comic ever yeah. to hit a thousand so but they, be,
2: they revealed uh jim lee on the art mm-hmm. right because jim lee's a classic uh superman artist and oh, yeah. he has the red trunks like that's a big deal i don't really care for the red trunks i think it's outdated really? now. really a lot of people love the red trunks
1: i i like both yeah to be honest with you i like the movie like man of steel suit yeah looks amazing and i don't think the christopher reeve suit would work today in the movie no but the red trunks is just something about them like yeah. it's just the classic superman i can get past the no trunks yeah like some people can't get past it i'm just like whatever but if you throw him on there, that's just classic Superman.
2: I like the Rebirth right now, the Rebirth second costume. So it pretty much looks like the classic, except he just doesn't have the red trunks. He has like the yellow belt. Um, they got rid of the cufflinks from the first Rebirth design. Right. Um, but I guess a lot of people like the red because it balances out a lot of the blue from the chest to the legs. Yeah, but it, yeah. Dates, it, so it dates it so much. It dates it so much. I know. It.
1: I mean, but it's... Superman is Superman. Like he it's... has
2: a strong man, right? The circus strong man look. But doesn't
1: Spider Man have that? Like he oh, no. ha- he has like the blue trunks or something? No, no, Not exactly. Spider-Man's no. Spider Man's never been rocking the. He's uh, never been rocking the, 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 the undies on the oh, other side? No, <laughs> weird. Okay, man, I I don't know. No, I thought it's just been
2: so. Superman and Batman, and
0: I don't think Sentry.
2: Sentry just was just. Sentry uh, yeah. and like
0: Hyperion have the the big the... high waisted. Yeah, ones. that's right. What's yeah. it diaper? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean. I don't know. It's just something cool about seeing Superman with the trunks on. Hopefully, it's a permanent thing because they can't just keep changing it. Yeah, because
2: they've changed it already three times. Well, this will be the third time well, with
1: his rebirth
0: relaunch. Yeah. that's a lot. The thousands comic kind of justifies going back to an original suit. Yeah, I would yeah. Think. yeah, yeah. Wow. It's crazy that you're gonna have Bendis walking over there. You know, he did Avengers 500 when yeah. he first came onto Avengers, right? Yeah. Did some big things. Yeah. And yeah. Some Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man, killed off Ultimate Spider-Man, Daredevil, Daredevil. Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah. Jessica uh, Jones.
1: Bendis is, say Bendis comes over. He's writing action comics, like part of 1000. Say he takes on Justice League full time.
2: He's not. I know he's doing it, but I can't say who he is. <laughs> Insider. Just, just say <laughs> he <laughs> is.
1: <laughs> would you, Tim, be more inclined to pick up Justice League because you like Bendis' writing? Or someone like Hickman. If like he if, came if over. Hickman, yeah,
0: for sure.
1: You, he was like the one guy. Like If he came over, you'd be like, yeah. The, problem, the
0: only problem with Hickman is that then I'd be committed to a long run. Because he's, he's a long-form storyteller. Mm-hmm. He doesn't tell. Bendis can do quick, short arcs. And Bendis is also a writer. He spent a lot of time in the 2000s there writing into events. And so he has the ability to plant seeds and run through issues pretty quick. And he's also a type of guy, you know, he's always on three or four comics. Mm-hmm. And so he has a mind that can handle ensemble, can handle multiple characters. And even characters in... In different type of situations, like you're yeah. looking at, he's written Guardians and Daredevil and Spider Man and Iron Man yeah. and Avengers, everything, right? And would I be more inclined to read a Bendis DC book? Probably, I'd give it a shot. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to pick up a uh, Superman 1000 for sure, nice. and that's some of that's just for, you know, the celebration of that issue. Yeah, this is Something I want to get my hands on, but yeah, I, I would say so. Hickman too, probably. I'd give it a shot. Depends what he's running. Like Hickman should do like a Green Lantern run. That'd be cool, Ooh, yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah, yeah like a long-form Ooh. Green Lantern run. He did a lot with Infinity and, yeah. and that whole Avengers New Avengers stuff that he did in 2013, 2014. Yeah, when they had to get bigger, basically. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. They kind of he did a lot of more cosmic stuff. He did. And I think he could handle something like that. Because having never read Green Lantern, but having kind of this perception of what they should be in my head, yeah. I feel like Hickman... Writing something like that may get you down a path where you're telling a much grander story, but having the ability to focus in on like Hal Jordan and a few other characters while also building the universe around it, I think that could do wonders for something like Green Lantern. Like my only basis really is the film. Yeah, it's
1: unfortunate. (laughs) And I'm sure
0: there's some great stuff out there. Jeff Johns running. Jeff Johns run.
1: I'm actually going back on Green Lantern because he's fighting Zod in the next issue cool so that has me but uh troy you know you've been talking about this justice league these writers so yeah. you don't have to say anything all right um but you know just a, a wink and a nod if i say the correct name okay <laughs> you, we'll play the
0: hot cold you don't have to say anything <laughs> stanley
1: a, you only promise to not stanley yes <laughs> is it stanley
2: <laughs> i'm blinking like crazy
1: right now yeah <laughs> very, is it rhyme hot. with miter <laughs> Does it uh rhyme with Schmeth Schmann? Uh... <laughs> Brazzarello that's not,
0: got nothing for me man he's wearing a secrecy he's, he's a, a vault. vault he's a vault over here oh my goodness nothing. you can't even get anything out of uh, him uh, the scoop it will drop sooner or later for sure it has right. to it's, yeah. it's gonna come out it's gonna come out I'd, so
1: I'd say i tackle you and make you tell me but I don't think I could do that so uh, unfortunately I wouldn't, I wouldn't
0: advise it <laughs> I'm at the mercy of Troy <laughs> even with all that indulgence from Vegas I don't think you still getting get enough courage up to do that I certainly wouldn't <laughs> so let's just get him drunk passed out and then we can. do i don't even think that's possible <laughs> hey here troy i got you a drink please have some. there beat yeah. be up uh, <laughs> <ten drinks, dude. laughs> all right guys we're gonna jump into a little box office talk right now because the box office has been quite interesting to follow over the last few weeks now we talked about this over the past couple weeks because of what we're seeing one thing again i gotta bring this up jumanji it just leaped over thor ragnarok in total domestic gross and it's got its sights set right on Spider-Man Homecoming. Currently as of this recording it had made 316 million dollars domestically which leaps it over to the 313 that Thor Ragnarok pulled in and Spider-Man Homecoming has 334 million dollars. This movie is likely to peg itself within the top five films domestically of 2017 which is completely crazy like Guardians of the Galaxy made $389 million domestically. This has a chance at catching that.
1: That's crazy. Wow. Which is nuts. Because re- remember when the first picture came out and everyone was like, oh, why is Karen Jillian have half a shirt on? Yeah. This movie looks awful. Mm-hmm. They they pulled it off. Like their marketing, they really like did a three or 180 on that.
0: Well, you're the only one yeah. of us that has seen it, correct? Yes. Would I you bet. recommend it? Quick Sanjay Solo review. Yeah. Quick
1: Sanjay Solo review. I thought it was good. It's a good family film, but not as good as the original.
2: Um, does it tie into the original or does it make any mentions well, to... Uh, I heard it nods. We're well, not, people... Don't give that away. I'm not going to say that anything. Like, yeah. No no spoilers. Okay. No
1: spoilers. But uh, yeah, there is like definitely um, a lot of fun in the film. Mm-hmm. I just... I don't know. Maybe it's because I love the original so much. This one I still enjoyed, but I did... I'm not like... like equating the quality to the box office gross like for it to be making like 350 million and whatever it's going to make it's got to be a damn good film and i does don't it know though.
0: I, like I, does that always stand i guess when you're looking at this year it's fairly close like last jedi Beauty and the beast 101 guardians of the galaxy and spider-man homecoming at the moment round out the top five those are all great films i haven't seen mm-hmm. beauty and the beast but i'm assuming it's good it's yeah. fine i liked it yeah yeah but yeah, I don't know, because you always have this one kind of standout, right? Like oddball, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like a Transformers or something like that. And I'm not saying the quality is like a Transformers, but you always have like a Fate of the Furious, a Transformers, mm-hmm. something like that that plays really well to a much larger, larger audience base. And this seems to be that film. Um, it's got the legs. It's It's been number one for like three weeks in a row. That's crazy. Play, it's playing against The Last Jedi still. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's nuts. It's doing good. And
1: I can say they're probably going to make a third one now.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. And a fourth. Definitely. Especially
2: because it's Sony property, right? Sony needs this. Yeah. What else do they have? Spidey. I think... James Bond went back to them or James Bond left.
1: Well they have Venom. It's gonna make and they have Venom. A lot of money because I took it in the box office race. So
0: yeah. uh, well, we'll get into a little piece of news a little later <laughs> on that may change all of our minds on the Venom yeah. film. You we'll...
1: guys laughed at me when we I did. Took it. We did. We did 100 okay. percent I will okay. stand I'm, I'm by I'm that sorry. for now. <laughs> yeah. Until I see
0: something reasonable, yeah. I will stand by that laughter. Right. <laughs> what are the other box office enigmas of 2017? Has been The Last Jedi. Now it's performed extremely well domestically and in most foreign properties or most foreign territories except for China. Now China is quickly emerging to be the second largest box office territory on the planet. Now it's seen films like The Fate and the Furious, a lot of the Marvel films, Transformers have done really well there and you're starting to see an opening of that market. Now Star Wars seem to have cracked that market Fairly decently with The Force Awakens. But news coming out of China right now is that The Last Jedi has played awfully there. It's had an incredibly bad run there, box office-wise. And I want to kind of look a little bit closer as to why we think that is. So that film debuted to $28 million in China. Its second weekend, it had a 92% drop and doing just $2.4 million. Are you serious? Which is incredible like Like, room numbers (laughs) yeah it's crazy now when you look at it in comparison to the other star wars films so the force awakens it did 1.13 billion dollars in the foreign markets and 936 million dollars domestically for over a two billion dollar haul now when you look at the big foreign markets that contrude to that there's the uk with 163 million dollars well done gents China, $124 million. So the third, outside domestic, it was the third highest grossing territory. That was followed up by Germany, with 111, Japan, 97, and France, 88. So those are big numbers, yeah. right? And now you go to Rogue One. It did $523 million in the international markets with the UK topping it again, $81 million. China in second, 69, Germany, France, Japan. So the same five big contributors to your foreign gross. And those both of those films, although 69 is about half of what The Force Awakens did in China, that is fairly relevant to what The Force Awakens did. So The Force Awakens in China did 11% of the business from its foreign market. And when you look to Rogue One, 13% of the foreign market business was in China. So they're about the same. Right. You see each territory drop in about half from Rogue One. That's even domestically as well. So
2: Rogue One did less?
0: Yeah, it did less. It did about half the amount of money. Okay. But every market, every territory did that, including the domestic. Right. Like mm-hmm. domestically, the Force Awakens did 936, right. and it did 532 in the domestic market from Rogue One. So right. everything seemed to drop in half. So yeah. everything mm-hmm. dropped by about the equivalent amount. Right. So right. they seem to play equally both Force Awakens and Rogue One. Yeah. But then you look at The Last Jedi. So currently it's pulled $692 million in the foreign markets. And those same big five contributors... The UK tops it off. Then it's Germany, France, Japan, then Australia, then China. Now, it's only pulled $41 million in China, and it's been actually yanked out of the theaters. Wow. Because it's performing so badly.
1: They all can't do Justice League numbers in China. That's know? true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Homebook movies play really well there. Yeah. Now, that, for that $41, makes it 6%, so half the amount of its contributing factor from China in the foreign gross. So... Is there a problem with Star Wars in China or is there a problem with the last Jedi in China?
1: Well, that's a, that's a tough question. You look at some of the numbers and they're kind of unreliable. You look at a movie, I think last year, the mermaid in China. So they claim that it made almost $900 million just in China. That's insane. Like there's no way that that's legitimately what it made. So uh, anytime you hear the numbers from China, I always like got to take a pause and think like, is this legit or is this not? Because I don't know. I just don't see why this movie would fail so much in China when all the other Star Wars movies killed it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I still think they're, they're valid, though, because I mean, you look at uh, films uh, Terminator, like that's kind of kept the franchise afloat. I mean, Genesis did horrible over here and mm-hmm. China performed well. Pacific Rim did okay here, but performed very well in China. Now we're getting a Pacific Rim too. So I don't know. That's, that's interesting. I think maybe Rogue One, you know, you had Donnie Yen and yeah. the other character yeah. actor that played or Yeah. Best. So, so that kind of helped the market a little bit yeah. there. But genuine. Yes.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. That's, that's, that's weird. It, it I don't is, know what to say about that one. It is interesting. Now there's a commentator from the Chinese kind of film industry mm-hmm. that's saying that some of the factors that are playing into this, are the lack of familiarity with the younger generations of Star Wars. Yeah. Now, the original trilogy, the prequels, never got any airtime in China. Really? So it's just right now that it's emerging market, that you're seeing big Western films playing in China. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you, never, you don't get this wide release. You don't have this 40 years of fandom in China for Star Wars. Yeah. So really, The Force Awakens could have been, at least a good chunk of the generation, could have been their first exposure to Star Wars. Right. And... Some of it comes down to maybe the accessibility of stories. You don't have a rabid rabid fandom, 40 years of fandom, generations of fans walking towards these films. And so is the barrier for entry into a franchise like Star Wars too high for a foreign territory, for a foreign market? Now, Sanjay, you might have a better perspective on this because you're more recently coming into Star Wars. So do you think it's a lack of accessibility because... Some of the storytelling is fundamentally based on having the knowledge of the original trilogy, of the lore surrounding it, the books, the comics. Is there too much to get into this film? Do you just not get it? Who's this old man standing in front of me that I have <laughs> no idea who he is? And someone just handed him some sort of laser sword and he chucked it over his shoulder? Like, is that, is that too much? I thought you were going to say, Sanjay, you'd have a better perspective because
1: you're foreign. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wow, you really went there, Tim. (laughs) Yeah, not going there. (laughs) Um, Honestly, I don't think so. (laughs) Come on, man. (laughs) I I don't think so at all because this is a brand new trilogy. So you have new characters like Rey, Finn, Poe that are kind of carrying the franchise. And they're kind of phasing out the older characters like Han, Chewie, and Luke, and Leia. Um, so I think, I don't think so at all. I think in fact, it's pretty easy to get into Star Wars and it's probably pretty accessible to pick up the movies if you're in China, um, to watch the films. So, and I, I imagine if the force awakens did well and then, uh, rogue one did well, and this isn't doing well, maybe the movies, I don't know, maybe they're just not connecting, uh, to the audiences. Maybe, i just don't know or maybe um the competition in china is too strong like maybe just came out at a bad time like sometimes movies come out at the wrong time here yeah look at blade runner yeah terrific film by all accounts from everyone who's seen it Mm -hmm. but it bombed horribly because it came out in like a crowded summer
0: yeah yeah so it did come out opposite of this film called the x-file the return of the x's which made 293 million dollars in china (laughs) title. (laughs) in the last month
1: See, like that sounds crazy to me. I don't, I don't believe that.
0: Well, okay, so I've got the Chinese numbers for two thousand seventeen right here. Okay, Wolf Warrior two made eight hundred and fifty four million dollars in China, almost a billion dollars in China.
1: Like that is Force Awakens money. Yeah. I, I don't. I it's, don't a,
0: it's the biggest market.
1: There is a lot of uh, talk and a lot of uh, chatter saying that these numbers are unreliable, especially for the local chinese films because they try to like
0: boost them up and boost right. up their numbers well even if they doubled that that's still a 400 million dollar movie yeah you know that's 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 a huge market yeah. but you know, there's a billion people there right that are that are willing to go see these films mm-hmm. like i spent a bit of time in china this year and yeah. like there's movie theaters all over the place
2: yeah like, and Star Wars must be over there. Like, you know, you've seen a lot of bootleg, like, figures and whatnot. Yep, like, yeah, The Marvel characters. Yeah, yeah. Same Star Wars characters, I'm sure. Is yeah. it maybe a yeah.
1: case of bootlegging? You brought up bootlegging. Yeah. Maybe, are they bootlegging the film? So I don't know if you way... could
0: bootleg out that much money. Like, to the know, point where it drops 92%. You think uh, word of mouth? Like, this
2: is the most divisive star wars film ever
0: that's true i I don't it's it's curious because you look at how force awakens played there right so they're familiar with this set of characters right even if you're not familiar with who luke skywalker is yeah i think you can still get into this film because it's centered around ray finn and poe and And kylo right and snoke's a relatively he's a new villain yeah. So to me the accessibility for the new franchises there and even going back into Rogue One it is a standalone and like you mentioned Troy it may have had some play because of some of the characters that were in there that are, are big, big names stars of yeah, yeah, in China so I, I really can't put my finger on this because I, I kind of buy the argument that yeah it isn't a generational thing in China and that may factor into it a bit but why specifically is it The Last Jedi? Because the Force Awakens plays well, and yeah. the Rogue One, it played equally well in China. Mm-hmm. Even though the numbers are lower, it has the same percentage point within the territory. Right. It's seen the same drop-off that every other territory did. So Rogue One didn't play any worse in China than it did in the UK or domestically, right? right? So there's something wrong with The Last Jedi. And I, I'm not buying this accessibility thing because I, I think it's there. Yeah, And because of the Force Awakens. Some of it's this generational thing, but yeah. I can't I can't really figure... You look at the numbers, the numbers speak volumes about how it's playing in China, but to me, there's still a disconnect between the accessibility of it and the previous two movies that did relatively well there. Right.
1: Needs more Transformers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Needs more of something. <laughs> so it's going to be an interesting thing to watch because mm. we got Han Solo coming up here in right. a few months to see how that one plays. Because again, this one... I think even, I don't know, do you think Han Solo relies more on knowledge from previous Star Wars films than Rogue One did as a standalone film? Oh, uh, no. I think Rogue One definitely relies
2: more on the knowledge yeah. of the star, of star Wars, I would say. I mean, just with the whole plans for the Death Star. Yeah. All that kind of stuff you need so, to know. Yeah,
0: understanding the idea of what the Death Star is. Yeah, its I, and you have to understand it's, yeah.
2: that it's a time of no Jedis yeah. and
0: whatnot too, and it
2: does take place before
0: episode four. Yeah. And, so your barrier for uh, entry for Solo is probably lower. I would say so, yeah. especially because it's a fresh take on the character of, yeah. of mm-hmm. uh, a young Han. Yeah, you could so. probably jump into this film. I agree with you. Yeah. I think you could but, jump into this film. But I, I would be promise. worried
2: now how it's going to perform in China. Yeah, definitely yeah absolutely. This.
0: Yeah. Do you have to market it differently? Do you have Big to market time. it, say, maybe not as a Star Wars film? No. I don't know. I need a trailer, like, right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah, it's going to come out tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. I, mean, I threw this up on Twitter earlier. As soon as we sit down and record, hey, solo trailer coming tomorrow. I made reference to this last week, and... Kyle called me know, on Twitter. <laughs> but I figure if I keep saying it, it's eventually going to happen, right? You, you never know. Tim will call
1: an emergency meeting. He'll have like a little like nerd room signal in the sky, like the bat signal. Be told.
0: <laughs> Pretty sick. Yeah. yeah. And then we all assemble to watch the solar trip. <laughs> but anyways, I, I, f- I find that the Chinese market is an incredible thing to watch right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. It's this massive market that Marvel's done fairly well kind of leveraging that, mm-hmm. and Star Wars seemed to be at least on the right track, but The Last Jedi is a big stumbling block here, so Han Solo is going to be really a telltale sign of how Star Wars is going to perform in China, yeah. and maybe mm-hmm. that's a marketed differently there, like, we've seen even things in the past where they changed the name, like, when they marketed Captain America the First Avenger in foreign markets originally, it was just called the First Avenger, yeah. right? right, you know, that's when America, well, America still is kind of known as... Quite in favor of all their politics and that, but even more so back then when Captain America came out, and maybe not more so, I shouldn't say that. (laughs) Anyways, they've marketed differently. they marketed just as the first Avenger, so not having a connection to America per se. And maybe they have to go that route in China. Maybe they have to market it a little bit differently. Something else, Han Solo, or I don't know, something like that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. I think it's something we're going to have to definitely keep an eye on as we go into the Solo film here. Definitely. Yeah, can't uh, wait to get that trailer. Han Solo,
1: robots in disguise. <laughs> yeah. Well, Han
2: Solo has a lot to live up to because the last trailer that just came out. I know we're going to talk about it later or another episode, another podcast, but has a lot to live up Ooh. to with the uh, the rebels. Yes, it does. Trailer, because boy, that was probably one of my favorite trailers in the series. Oh, I damn, agree. it was good.
0: We're going to tease that a little bit because we're going to swing damn. that over to Star Wars Rebel Alert, our yeah. podcast after show, talking about Rebels, and we're going to break down that trailer in a bit more detail a little later on. This week. Nice. But until then, we will tease that a little bit. You don't want to hear my thoughts on Rebels? Do you want to? Did you watch the (laughs) trailer? Yeah. What trailer? (laughs) Point. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) All right, guys. This week, we have a listener question. Now, this comes directly through the website. You just go up to click on contacts there. You fill out your question, your name, you send it in to us, and we get it through the email. Fantastic. This comes from Grabs Granite. Now, I've had some interaction with him on Twitter as well. He's a listener. Shout out to you. And he sent in a fantastic question here, and I'm going to read it out loud here. Hello, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay. I have a couple questions for you. I've never been a comic reader, mostly because I just don't know where to start. This is a common thing. We get this quite a bit. I know it depends on preferences and unique tastes, but where would you recommend a beginner jump in at with a major title like Spider-Man, Batman's Guardians, etc.? If you covered this in the past episodes, I do apologize. Origin stories have always intrigued me. I remember the first time watching Spider-Man and seeing Uncle Ben die because of Peter Parker's unwillingness to stop a thief. The overarching message of with great power comes great responsibility is fantastic and I would like to read more like this. What are some of your favorite origin stories and better yet, what are some of the themes behind characters that you believe showcase values we all want to instill in our children? Congratulations again on your recent 100-episode milestone. You're putting out a quality podcast. Thank you for that. So off the top, thank you very much for sending the question, and thank you very much for sending in that thank you at the end. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, Grabs yeah. Granin. Yeah, yeah, man, appreciate it. Thanks for listening, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it yeah. is awesome. Keep the
1: questions coming, and yeah. I, we appreciate it. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So let's jump into this. I'm going kind to of, we'll kind of break this down out by pieces here. Um, let's talk a bit about origin stories now we all have our favorite origin stories and sometimes i find the barrier for entry for comics as you kind of refer to here is quite high especially considering we get up to you know issue 1000 on action comics Mm -hmm. issue 800 on captain america's coming up 800 on spider-man so that is a very intimidating thing when you're going into a store especially now with the renumbering everyone's going back to the renumbering you walk in you say issue 800 like where in the hell do i start like and i'm gonna say right now don't go to number one no, on no. Any yeah no one's first comic is the number one never yeah. never you that's gotta jump crazy. into something that's familiar that's gonna be like kind of my first recommendation when you're looking at origin stories you want to jump into something familiar and the most familiar thing right now comes from the films yeah the characters that you know from the films and some of the stories that you know from the films so one origin story i'm going to throw out there is the ultimates yes Now, Mark Miller, Brian Hitch did this in the early 2000s, and it's basically a modern retelling of the assembling of the Avengers. And the 2012 Avengers film took a lot of cues from this. This is one of my favorite outside of the 616 runs. And this is an easy entry into comic books. I think that's kind of what you're looking for is origin stories that you're familiar with. But also eases you into comics, and that allows you to gain some traction with characters. The only problem with the Ultimate Universe at this point in time is it doesn't exist. It It kind does, but it doesn't. The the continuity kind of ends. Yeah. So it's not a fantastic avenue in to current comic book runs. Yeah. But it does get you over that hump of getting through the idea of reading. Kind of pictures and words. Yes. So that's yeah. why I like the Ultimates as kind of this like first origin story to go back. That's one of the ones I first yeah. went to.
2: And, and, and MCU really rips those characters more oh, yeah. so than the Six One Six or Earth Prime. Yeah, you're gonna
0: you see a lot of reflection of the MCU in the Ultimates yeah. themselves, and even into Ultimate Spider-Man 2, I yes. think. Yes. And we're getting the Miles Morales movie yeah. movie later oh, on this year too, which can take a ton of cues from the Ultimate Universe. So yep. another one I'll throw out there is actually Ultimate Spider-Man while we're talking about yep. the Ultimate Universe. So just, just actually to clarify too, the Ultimate Universe was kind of a, a revamping and a whole different universe that was meant to modernize comic books. So this was done in the early 2000s by guys like Mark Millar, Brian yeah. Bendis, Brian yeah. Michael Bendis, yeah. did a Mark lot Bagley. of work with it, yeah. Mark Bagley. Yeah. So basically what they did is they took the stories that fans... And comic book readers were familiar with and pushed them all into the 2000s, updated characters. This is where we got kind of the Sam Jackson looking Nick Fury. Right. Cell phones and comic books. Exactly. <laughs> You've got an updated version of everyone's origin stories yeah. within the Ultimate. So not separate from the 616 universe, which is Marvel's main line of continuity that goes all the way back to the early like 60s. 60s. yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot there. So Iron Man, Ultimate Spider Man, sorry, I should say. Issues 1 through 7. So this is Brian Michael Bendis here. This goes and re-envisions all of Spidey's origins. Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. And this eventually does bleed into the Miles Morales yeah. stuff, which is really great too. So another character that was referenced in Spider-Man Homecoming. We're seeing him in this animated short, or not animated short animated feature film coming up this year. Yeah. So this is another run that would probably be good for someone to get into. Again, you're slightly removed from the 616 though. That's the
2: same. and that's why I would say, as much as I love the Ultimate Run, it's it's awesome for Spidey. I would go Ultimate Fallout. It's uh, Spider-Man No More. So it's basically yeah. the death of Spider-Man. Captain America kind of failed a young Peter Parker in his training. But you already get the idea of Spider-Man, where he came from. But this introduces Miles Morales and how he got bit by the spider. And that works really well because Miles Morales is part of the real 616 Earth Prime universe now yeah. anyway. So that character will transcend if you pick up uh, the trades, And that's another thing. Just go right to the trades. Yeah, the trades trades. is a great mm-hmm. way. You don't have to do everything single issue until you get caught up where you are then you can start peeling into the singles issues because that's yeah. what I had started to do with the Ultimate Universe, actually.
0: Yeah, and I've even gone back into trades. Yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, it's a much easier way. It's a compact way, and it gets you full story arcs too. Yes. So you're not chasing single issues. So going into a trade, I think the Ultimates is split up into two trades. Okay. You can do stuff like even another one I have here is Extremists. In yes. 2006, Warren Ellis. So this is him going back and retelling and updating Iron Man's origin within the 616 universe. Mm-hmm. So this was done in, I think, 2006 through 2007. It's the first six issues of Iron Man Volume 4. And that was put out with Iron Man 3 as well. Because you see it taking cues from that a bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little not bit a lot, there. A little yeah. bit. But that's another origin story. They took it from, I think, originally it was Vietnam War. And they updated it into the Afghan War. Right. Similar to what they did in Iron Man number one. Yeah. So Extremis 2006 by Warren Ellis is another great entry point for Iron Man. And that kind of gets you along the way. Now that is, you know, we're 12 years removed from that. But again, it comes in a nice compact trade. And it's a great origin story for that. For sure. Now what about... Batman year one slinging over to the DC side. Now this was done Frank Miller, 1987. This yeah. is quite old, but this is kind of the definitive version of Batman's origin. I've read this. Yeah. You can get this on trade almost oh, yeah. everywhere. Oh yeah. For it, sure. It's a great story. And Batman so cool. begins the Nolan universe took a lot of cues from this as well. Big time.
1: Yeah, Big time. absolutely. I mean, before Batman year one, the Batman was the Adam West version, you know, the campy him going out in space and fighting T-Rexes and <laughs> weird stuff like that. Um, you know, Mark... Is Mark Miller?
2: Greg Miller. Or, yeah. No, Frank Miller. Frank Miller, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Thinking of Greg something. Yeah. Yeah. It's Greg Miller, his brother. The one PC guy here.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I got you. Don't worry. It's Frank Miller. Yeah. So Frank Miller, he came back and he's like, you know what? I'm going to bring Batman back to his roots. He's a dark character. He belongs in the night. He belongs terrifying criminals. And he's a detective. And he goes back and he reinvents Batman. And it's the Batman we all know and love today. Without that run, we wouldn't have got Batman 89. We wouldn't have got the Nolan Batman. We wouldn't have got the Ben Affleck Batman. So every Batman owes something to that comic book.
0: Yeah, Frank Miller really toning it down there. 100%. Really taking the dark side of Batman. I, I really, really like that story. Kind 100. Of percent Yeah. And just because you asked Guardians of the Galaxy... I'm not going to talk about this because I've talked about this in the past, but go back to Annihilation 2007, you get it in trades. It's a great, great entry into the cosmic universe, and that'll take you right through into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, which happens in 2008 by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, and they really constructed the Guardians of the Galaxy. The modern version that you're seeing in the films right now came out of Annihilation into the 2008 Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 run. Now, single issues, those are very difficult to get, but you can go to chapters. And grab that whole run now on the on the shelves. From I'm not so sure about Annihilation. Might have to skip to Amazon for that. But Annihilation Volume 1, Annihilation Volume 1, Volume 2, Annihilation Conquest, and then after Annihilation Conquest issue number 6, that's the origin story of the Guardians of the Galaxy in the modern comic version. And then peeling out of that is a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, which I think is a 25-issue run. Absolutely fantastic. Even coming out is Nova, the Uh, Richard Rider, Dick Rider. (laughs) The Richard Rider run. I think it's like 30-some-odd issues. It's also really good. So if you want to bury yourself in Cosmic, definitely check out Annihilation, Annihilation Conquest, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, and uh, Nova as well. Nice. It's awesome awesome stuff. Now, part of his last question here, talking about origin stories, kind of walk through a few there. Now, what are some of the themes of characters you believe showcase values we all want to instill in our children? He made reference to, with great power comes great responsibility, coming from Spider-Man. Now, what are some of the other kind of main themes of characters or characters that kind of project something that you like reading?
1: Oh, I would say if someone has the same name as your mother, <laughs> if they have the same name, then you should definitely be best friends. It definitely so, matters. It definitely absolutely. matters. Absolutely. If you have someone and their mo- and your mother and their mother don't have the same name, don't even be friends with them.
0: <laughs> and if you're on the verge of killing someone, make sure you ask what their mother's name is first to decide if you're actually going to pull That's the kryptonite trigger or not. That's all you
1: need. I mean, I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I like, um, you know, I'm, I'm a Nightwing guy. And um, even though this is originally... Um originated in uh the Christopher Nolan verse of Batman Why Do We Fall to pick ourselves back up. I-, I love that line. And they later later on used it in um I think the New 52 run when Dick Grayson was killed off in Forever Evil, and then he came back as an agent. And him and Batman are training, and Batman basically, you know, kind of goes over Dick Grayson's new mission to become a, a secret agent. And Batman uses that line, you know, why do we fall to pick ourselves back up? So yeah. I really do like that line a lot, and I think it works hand in hand with everything, right? Yeah. So definitely that's one I'll stick with.
0: Yeah, I'm going to switch over to, actually, Civil War. This is coming from Captain America. And it's more of a theme, and I can't remember the exact lines, but it's not to be afraid to disagree with someone when that feels like the world is pushing. So you look at how Captain America went. Like, he was the man that usually lined up behind the government, lined up behind what was being told to him as a soldier. But you look at Civil War... And he does the exact opposite of that. Yeah. He's doing what he feels is right. So that's that's more following that altruistic, that heart, what you think is better for you, what do you think is better for the greater good? And I've always liked that theme kind of buried within Captain America. that He's willing to sacrifice himself yeah. for the benefit of the greater good, for what he believed in. So standing tall against maybe some sort of oppression or something like that. We're seeing a lot of that in modern society. Yeah. And I, I kind of always throw back to Civil War and that in Captain America in particular captain america is my dude i always loved this altruistic nature of him but that's one of the things that's key that's a character that was written differently in that run right you would expect those roles to have been reversed it's yeah, a curve and yeah. you go into civil war the comic book run and it's captain america taking the opposition to the government and i really really like that yeah. you see that embedded in captain america civil war film as well and that's something i always come back to it's not something that i would particularly like push really hard on someone but just having that in the back of your mind that it's okay to disagree it's okay to have an opinion that differs from others this is what leads to change this is what leads to positive change and that's kind of one of those themes that i always loved about civil war there for sure nice
1: um well the one not one specific character but a lot of comic book characters like spider-man superman they always put the needs of the many ahead of themselves So, you know, a lot of times in the animated series, Spider-Man would, like, have a hot date with uh, Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy, but he would, you know, he could have, like, stayed or used his powers to impress the girls, but then there would be, like, a crisis, and he would always leave and deal with that.
0: It's a big theme in Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So,
1: you know, putting um, the needs... He could have easily just ignored it and just went on his merry way and just uh, satisfied his needs, but he uh helped other people out and that's just something you know always looking out for other people even if it uh affects you that's something that i always admired about spider-man and superman and that's kind of just like part of their lore of why they're
0: such great characters yeah yeah you see that's a big theme so. in spider-man homecoming oh yeah definitely. it takes off from the from homecoming yeah they, they capture that pretty yeah, well it's awesome yeah. yeah awesome yeah anyways guys grabs granite Thanks for the question, man. That was yeah. awesome. I, I love going into talking about small origin stories. And sure. Like that. It's, it's exactly. a lot of fun because that's the hardest part. I agree with you. It's jumping into it, not yeah. being a comic book reader. Everyone has to start somewhere, right? Everyone, every comic is someone's first comic, mm-hmm. but it has to make sure it's the right one to kind of hook you into it and kind of plow through this. So yeah. hopefully you can pick up some of those. If you want another list, just throw us another email and we can compile you just a bit more of a list and kind of just exchange it over DM or whatever just so you have a bit better idea. But those are some of the kind of the early books that... All three has kind of gone into with Batman, your one ultimate you know, ultimate Spider-Man yeah. that at least have a story. Quarter of that. Owls too. Zachary yes. Scott
2: Snyder's Greg Capullo's Court of Owls. Yeah. I mean, if you get the idea of Batman already as it is, that's a great way, a great entry into the whole Batman mythos going into the new fifty-two and the rebirth line.
1: Yeah. Um I will throw out there as well Justice League Origin. It was the first comic book I read. And the thing, the beautiful thing about this one is it's uh, the very first comic from the DC's New 52 line. And each issue, they introduce right. a different member of the Justice League. That's good. So you start with Batman, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Superman, Aquaman, The Flash, Cyborg. And the beautiful thing about that is if you haven't read any of these characters before, you read one issue of them and how they interact. And you go, oh, Wonder Woman's really interesting. And I did that. And I ended up picking up the Wonder Woman run. And I became a huge Wonder Woman fan because of that. I nice. had never even read the character. I'd never watched the TV show growing up. Um but yeah, it hooked me, same with Green Lantern, same with Aquaman. So all those characters I grew a love from because of that run. So yeah. check it out. And it's it's a great uh, Justice League story as well. I wish the movie would have stayed a little bit closer to that. <laughs> um, but that's a, another story for another day.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> a brilliant segue, actually. I will echo that, that the first 10 issues of that Justice League run are great Intros. That's the Justice League New Fifty Two run. Goes back to the beginning, kind of goes through everything, the assembling of the Justice League, if I can use that term. (laughs) Justice League. They're justicing, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Anyway, segueing over to the Justice League, we're getting a Blu Ray release. When is that dropping? Um, pretty soon, actually. March, I think. Yeah, early March, something like that. And we just got some information as to what's going to be on the 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray and 3D combo pack. Now, I'm assuming this comes with the Steelbook as well?
1: Uh, yeah, what do you guys think of the Steelbook? I posted a picture online.
0: I'm not a fan of the comic book looking Steelbooks, which DC have gone that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you have them all comic book, then it kind of works. But they started off with live action. And then they switched to the comic books and then they re-released the comic book ones, but only in the US. So the Man of Steel, the Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad comic book ones didn't get re-released in Canada. So that kind of pisses me off. But uh, yeah, I guess I got to go with them. Otherwise, you got to go overseas and get some of those sweet European steel books, which are... Very pricey.
2: Is this the one that looks like the poster, the three D IMAX poster?
0: Yeah, they're yeah. all kind of come they've added Superman into they it. They're all kinda of like sideways. running to the left. I like that one. Actually, I was a yeah. big fan. I know
2: a lot of people didn't like that one, but I actually really liked um the art for that one. But I think the cool one
0: was the
2: Alex Ross. Like they should have yeah. made that into a steel Absolutely. I I think for sure, right?
0: Like that's yeah. incredible. Like the painting there or the Alex Ross kind of mimic what they did. Yeah. It's incredible. So good. And that's and like a comic was, book shop. The right? one with yeah, Superman?
1: Superman? The one with Superman in the front was Oh, just, I love it. They got us real. I don't know. Maybe eventually they will.
0: It just seems like they've put it through some sort of comic book filter on Instagram, the poster, yeah. and slapped that on the front of a steelbook. I just don't... It just seems... I don't know. I don't <laughs> like it. No, it <laughs> man. Uh. Here i guess go. i like it because there's some there color go. yeah you know? that's true. Or this
2: film actually has some color to it so maybe yeah. maybe that's why it appeals to me a bit more maybe. everything else has been so drowned out in yeah. The past. yeah
0: yeah but we got a release of all the special features that are going to be on it that sanjay is going to be plowing through and reporting back to us at <laughs> 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 some point in the near future yeah <laughs> we've got stuff like road to justice league so going along the journey of with the creators of creating the Justice League, which is going to be incredibly interesting to watch. You know, it's going through (laughs) over 50 years of Justice League material, like the comic books and some of the animated adventures that they have gone on up to the cinematic debut. Heart of the Justice League, going through kind of the heart, soul, mind of the Justice League and the individual cast characters, including the Trinity. Some of the technology that they use for Cyborg's Alien tech, which I'm assuming is a laptop somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> the technology for Superman's face. Yes, exactly. Well, there's no featurette on the mustache. Oh. So it's not there. Well, <laughs> so I, It
1: could be the extra scene.
0: No, so that's that's the big thing here. You, you get a bunch of stuff about new heroes going through each individual character. I'm walking through with the actor. So kind of your both standard special features for a big comic book movie. But the one promise here is the return of Superman. There is a bonus scene that is not seen in theaters now speculation has been running rampant (laughs) and i think this is just going to be the you're not wearing your ring scene because that wasn't in the film and that was one of the pieces of marketing that i absolutely loved yeah and it's not in there so i'm that's my guess for this bonus scene with the return of superman
1: there's a lot of scenes in the trailers that weren't in this film yeah but unfortunately
0: but, but centered around the return of superman like what else wasn't in there? See, see I was thinking maybe it could be the black suit and the
2: only reason why I say maybe the black suit is because in the trailers, because you mentioned the trailers there's a lot of stuff we didn't see and in the film and we do see a moment with Alfred when he's like, they're waiting for you. like or He says something about Hope. Oh, Hope yeah. arrives. And I have a feeling maybe he's talking to Superman because we saw the cape and we also see it looks like that hologram yeah, was right. possibly in his costume so maybe he was designing a new one maybe. which maybe could have been the black suit so maybe they're in the cave but maybe we'll get something brief there because... That fight scene with Superman without his shirt looks super CG. Yeah, and when we did a
0: review, we talked about that. Yeah. Like, it looks like they peeled something off of him. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, it looks funny. (laughs) (laughs) So That's why I just,
2: I don't know, piecing all those things together, that Alfred scene, I definitely feel like that
0: is Alfred talking to Superman. I think that Alfred scene is him talking to Lois Lane. Oh.
1: Like, he told me, when
0: he says, he told me you'd show up. And he's talking, and then he, because he's in his car, right? My guess is he got Lois Lane. In that scene oh, right. after Bruce Wayne contacted That's him, and then he plan. shows up with the car. That's yeah. right. at the fight, right? That's right. Yeah, That's so I think right. that. But the hologram's another one, right? Ah, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. See, I think it's the scene with the Flash in the trailer where he like presses the glass and it breaks. Oh, because I've been hearing some stuff online about how there was a scene where the actress that was supposed to play Irish, Iris West in the Flash solo film, uh, Kiersey Clemens, I think is her name, um, so she was cast and the scene was supposed to be where Flash uh, breaks through the glass and saves her from getting hit from a truck. Um, There was, like, a car accident, and he, like, grabs her in midair, and one of the head supervisors of the special effects actually posted uh, the beginning bits of that scene online when the movie came out, and I watched it, and so I think it's going to be that scene because I had heard rumors that WB is actually putting the finishing touches uh, on that scene, so, that's going to be my guess. It's going to be Flash saving Irish West. Iris West. Irish West. I was doing a little bit of my room there. Yeah. Iris West. I
0: don't know. Well, I'm I'm partially excited to see this. I think it's a whole bunch of build up for nothing. Yeah.
1: I just, I just don't know why you don't release the Zack Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut? Cut. That's bullshit. Cut. I mean,
0: because they're tired of everyone saying you can't release a film into theaters yeah. and then release the actual film I think three or so. four months later. But think yeah. about
1: Batman v Superman <laughs> killed it at home box office. It made like $80 million.
0: It did make it better. Yeah.
1: I mean, but that and it, made it better. But I, I don't
2: feel like this film was that bad. Like, I don't think there's a version out there that could be that much better, except for a couple scenes that could be missing. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there is. Maybe I mean, is. just
1: give it to us. This man, without Zack Snyder. I mean, look at how good Batman v Superman did, Man of Steel did, compared to this. Like Man of Steel made more than this, and that's what five years old, six years old, and it just had Superman. Yeah, and but it, I don't, I don't
2: think they're even banking on uh, Blu-ray sales anymore. I mean, nobody does, right? Some, Except some for of them do. <laughs> Except for yeah, Mr. Movie Rentals. <laughs> some of them actually do really well. It's a good name. Like... <laughs> DC yeah, get a Twitter handle. Ask me
1: my new Twitter handle, <laughs> Mr. Movie Rentals. I love that. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> No, just just finish <laughs> up. DC actually kills it in the home video sales. Like Wonder Woman is like crushing it right now. Yeah. Suicide Squad made almost $100 million in home video sales. Wow. Man of Steel made over $100 million. So, I mean, the DC home video sales is where they're king at, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Well, they have to be. Yeah. Either way, I'll be picking it up. You yeah. picking it up? I already have the steel book get, on pre order. I'll buy it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'll definitely I'm not buying it. I may buy a
0: digital copy of one of you, but I'm not, not buying the steelbook. I'm not spending forty five dollars on this film. Not because I didn't like it. Like I like the film, I gave it a recommend, but I've really cut back like I buy almost exclusively just Star Wars films.
1: Yeah. Not even the MCU films.
0: I haven't bought them all recently. I just been buying the digital <laughs> <course> <laughs> like I didn't get Thor Ragnarok. I'll get Infinity War, of course. Yeah. I'm kind of just zoning in on Star Wars and Avengers films, yeah. like the yeah. buying them like outside of the digital copies, just to mm-hmm. have those steel books. Yeah. So that, that's kind of where I'm sitting. The new that. Star Wars
1: steel book is fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome.
0: It's the I'm one of the IMAX posters or something. Yeah, yeah. that's how a steel book should be. Yeah, it's this epic like embossed IMAX photo yeah. or something picture. But anyways. <laughs> before we get into a little bit of star wars talk we're going to talk about marvel here Boo. now <laughs> now venom you made a little reference to this at the top of the show this comes out October 5th 2018 starring Tom Holland no <laughs> Tom Freudian Hardy. slip Tom Hardy that was a complete accident but in light of that accident Tom Holland is now rumored to be in the venom film now John Schnepp The director of Death of Superman lives. What happened? Yeah, (laughs) what did happen? Great film, great film. Have you seen it?
1: (laughs) No, I haven't. Uh, Bits. bits It made me want to watch that movie with uh, Tim Burton and Nicolas Cage. Like, he actually is like, yeah, this movie would have been legit, and I think it would have been amazing.
0: Oh, Glowing review for that film by John Schnepp. (laughs) (laughs) He's made reference recently to Spider-Man being in Venom. Now, this is a quote from him. Spider-Man is going to be in Venom. For the last couple of months, we've been hearing how Sony is keeping it all separate. And Spider-Man is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but every other character that's in the Spider-Man universe is separate. All I'm saying is that Spider-Man, and I'm talking about Tom Holland's Spider-Man, is going to be in Venom. So that's pretty definitive. Now, he's come back and re-clarified that, saying... That Tom Holland was on set filming scenes on Venom for at least two days as Peter Parker. Okay, so I'm not saying Spider-Man is in the film. When I say Tom Holland's Spider-Man is in the film, I'm saying Peter Parker is in the film. So he seemingly is (laughs) confirming that Peter Parker, Tom Holland's Peter Parker, Mm -hmm. from our beloved MCU, is going to be making an appearance in Venom. Now what does this mean for Venom? box office green baby <laughs> i knew he, to he was pool. gonna be in there that's an extra like a
1: hundred million dollars you can't tell me that if this is connected to the mcu and this is coming off the heels of infinity war and black panther this thing's not gonna be 300 million dollars now this thing's gonna be huge it, it will if it's help Spider Man
2: did a pretty good pretty good job in 2017 you throw that on the back end of venom it, it'll, it'll bump it up It'll yeah. bump it up but you ha- it depends how they market it too right
0: but, like they're, they're going to show all Tom Holland scenes in the, yeah. in the trailers. Yeah. But, sure. but but the thing
2: is, is it like, like mentioned, mentioned, is it just Peter Parker then? Or that's just what he's seen so far that it's Peter Parker.
0: But right. I but, don't understand how this is happening. Like this, the only, like why, I guess here's another question. I'm going to throw devil's advocate here. Yeah. Why would they be keeping this a secret? Exactly. Like, right. The only way that this movie does exceedingly well with this mm-hmm. is if they tease the symbiote in Infinity War. That's what I was thinking. Like this has to connect a lot more than to Infinity
2: War than we could have hoped for. Yeah, Maybe
1: that's like, why they are because, but they
2: they should be ramping this. But I, yeah, you can pick up a good point though. Maybe that's why there's a lid on it because we haven't seen Infinity War. So if there's a huge point in there with the symbiote being seen, but we know
1: that's how spider-man gets in the comics is secret wars right he gets the black symbiote costume so maybe there's gonna be something like that where it's like he's Thanos's shoe is like a symbiote and it goes on spider-man
2: yeah. Boom. The, the thing is it'd be weird Infinity War because then you're introducing Spider-Man's had three costumes essentially in one film which is kind of weird.
1: He's just a
0: diva. He likes you know, to change You know, he would have his, his regular,
2: you'd have this Tony Stark one and then you'd have the black symbiote suit. I don't
0: know if he's going to black like, symbiote. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that'd be so cool though.
2: But you'd have it for, like 2 seconds which is weird and then you toss it off to Tom Hardy. <laughs> you uh, you yeah, have you know? to, you can't <laughs> have
0: it. You'd have to wait to put Tom Holland in the black suit. That's something Absolutely. that comes later. Yeah. But you'd have to tease the idea that symbiote came down on a ship or something. Yeah. It just kind of squeaks off in the corner. You're like, right. So <laughs> that
2: happens to be in Tom Holland's backpack or something, but yeah. that's how it gets to earth. Yeah. If that's how you're connecting Tom Holland to Tom Hardy's Venom.
0: Yeah. I just, mm-hmm. I just don't know. Cause they spent so much time saying this is not a part of anything. Yeah. Like Kevin Feige's come out and explicitly said Venom is not part of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Now I, I would be shocked if they didn't contractually write something in about Tom Holland not appearing in Sony, in these Sony Spider-Man films as, Spider-Man or Peter Parker. Yeah. Maybe it's but
1: an Easter egg. Like he just like walks through the hall of like New York or something. That's two
0: days of filming. Like you're thinking that's, you know, let's say that equates to four minutes of screen time.
2: Well, do we know uh, that it's obviously Eddie Brock in this film, right? Uh, uh, so. yeah. I, think so. yeah, I don't pretty know. Film. I
0: don't think it's, no, it's not Flash Thompson. No, No, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, I saw like military stuff.
2: Okay, so that's my next question. So are we assuming that he's a journalist like he should be from the comics or is he going to be doing some military stuff? Because if he's a journalist, then maybe you could connect it to Tom Holland just being a photographer. That's why you don't see him as Spider-Man, because he's only a photographer.
0: You know but what I mean? Like there's that's so many like more implications for Tom Holland being in this film. For, for sure. Right? For sure. Like, beyond just like, hey, Spider-Man kind of exists, we we'll are maybe see this for later, to see how this is received. Yeah. It's going to make this immensely confusing.
2: I know. I'm actually more confused now than I ever have been <laughs> about this. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you have a Venom film, it makes sense to have Spider-Man. Like, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Not Peter uh, Peter Parker. Well yeah, but I mean just in general, right? Like Spider Man Peter Parker like should be in this film. Absolutely. Right.
1: I mean but Sony needs this to be connected because if Mm -hmm. you look at their other projects of Spider Man universe, after Venom, I think it's Black and Silver, where it's Black Black. Cat and Silver what's her face? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know who she is. Like I know Black Cat from the cartoon, I don't know much about Silver Stable. But I mean you can't tell me that you're banking on a connected universe with those characters. (laughs) Like, do you think that Sony, Amy Pascal, is just like, I don't care what you say, Kevin Feige. This is <laughs> she just forced it. And like when Ryan Reynolds released the Deadpool footage, yeah, and it, it blew up his and hand. it forced their yeah. hand. This is what he's doing. What she's doing.
0: I don't it's, know. It's, it's weird. I'd be shocked if there wasn't some contract that said he couldn't appear in those films. But,
1: but I'd also be at the same time just shocked that
2: Spider-Man's not in this. It's yeah. just, you know what I mean? If it's not the Flash Thompson... Uh, Venom and it is Eddie Brock, then I'm I'm really suspicious of the whole matter. Because then that's really weird that you don't have Spider Man in this film.
0: The reason he's not in it is because Marvel controls Spider Man right now. That's the only reason he's not in this film. Well well well, well Sony lends him out, right? Like yeah. Sony at the end of the day stole the the movie. The only they, yeah the only intellectual property. Yeah. But there's gotta be some sort of deal with Marvel. If Marvel just made them a film that made them a whole crap ton of money, yeah. there has to be some sort of creative control over the direction of Spider Man. For sure. And I can't imagine that they would say, yeah, sure, you can take Tom Holland for two days. Just do whatever you want. Right. Like They've spent so much time crafting his entry into this universe. Exactly. And the timing of it in Civil War and Homecoming doing really well. And then you got a movie in 2019. Right. Right? Like, in July of 2019, you got the next Spider-Man. So, we have a Spider-Man, like, 2017, 2018, 2019,
2: twice. Yeah. Right? Unless they treat it kind of like Netflix, where it's like you know like it's MCU connected adjacent. but it's not you know oh, okay and like yeah. tom holland is like the battle of new york in a sense in in that world of of yeah. Man ragtag characters
0: hmm. i don't know I it's it's interesting it's gonna yeah. be it's another one to follow like yeah i know you're banking on it for <laughs> yeah, the one. box Purely selfish
1: reasons did you hear that uh black panther is supposed to be really bad don't go see it right. folks and uh you got, that. you got that yeah i got that one well, yeah I got first that one, one out of the gate you took jurassic world yeah,
2: because yeah. you started off, so you got I, Han Solo. Yeah. I got oh, Black yeah. Panther. I I'm remember. trying to think
0: of like, my first big movie out of the gate. I think I took Deadpool 2, didn't I? I don't remember. I, don't I, know. Don't I guess remember. it's all recorded. Yeah, we got to go somewhere. back. <laughs> Anybody out
2: there listening that remembers, please. <laughs> I've written down here
1: somewhere. Did you guys see the oh, shit, latest man. rumor for Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man Homecoming 2? No, I don't think it'll be called Homecoming 2. It's just the sequel to Homecoming. What? That is supposed to be set in Europe. Like I did a, hear oh, that. I yeah.
2: heard they're casting a, a a Europe actress, a European actress for Gwen Stacy, supposedly. That's Thomas, what I heard.
0: Thomas Holland, you're abroad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Euro trip where he just yes. goes around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I did see that too. One of the cool things I've seen. I think it was Miles Morales. Did they had him in Houston? Oh yeah. And he ran out of buildings to swing from, and it was kind of a cool dilemma that he had. Oh, was that Miles Bros? No,
2: that was that uh, Kane, Scarlet Kane. Spider. Oh, Scarlet yeah, Spider. So okay. he had a run in Houston, which was awesome. Yeah. And he ran out of yeah, buildings. Yeah, oh really? really? Yeah, yeah. They yeah. kind of
0: played on that in Homecoming too yeah. when he's in the in exactly. Suburbia. He's like, psh, psh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's talk a little bit of Star Wars before we get into the Oscar Noms. Now, we spoke about Solo last week in a bit more detail, and if you follow up on a previous couple episodes too, we went through some of the Lego leaks, but now we have a synopsis for this movie that's coming out May 25th that we still don't have a trailer for. (laughs) It's going to be great, guys. It's going to make a
1: billion dollars just in North America. Yeah, this is the
0: hardest Sunday's been pulling for Star Wars Again, (laughs) more selfish reasons. Just uh,
1: push back a week or two and uh, come out and make a
0: billion (laughs) dollars, (laughs) please. Here's a synopsis. Board the Millennium Falcon for a journey to a galaxy far, far away in Solo, A Star Wars Story. An all-new adventure with the most beloved scoundrel in the galaxy. Through a series of daring escapades deep within the dangerous criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his mighty future co-pilot Chewbacca and encounters the notorious gambler Lando Calrissian in a journey that will set the course for one of the Star Wars saga's most unlikely heroes. Now, hearing that, what are your thoughts, Han Solo? Uh,
2: still doesn't really reveal that much. Yeah. I, I think we could all gather that in the most bit. I hope um when, we, when we're introduced to Lando, you know, being the gambler, that they're not on Canto Bite. Like, I hope that's <laughs> uh, <is long> <laughs> Yeah. But um for the most part, yeah, you know, it seems pretty straight up. I can't wait to see um the new Falcon or the fresh Falcon yeah. at that time, what that's going to look like. I can't wait to see the Chewbacca meeting. We all speculated we we're probably going to see him free Chewbacca yeah right Basically yeah life death exactly but I, I just can't wait to see a young Lando a Chewie and uh, see how he's aged because he looks like he's aging backwards in uh The Force Awakens yeah. and it's uh like the Last 200 Jedi. some years old yeah, yeah. Two
0: hundred and yeah. 30 <laughs> years old right pretty good four? yeah now what about this this line here through a series of daring escapades so teasing multiple different adventures that he'll be going on now, what do you think that could mean? Are we talking just a whole bunch of different adventures with one continuous arc? Are we talking about kind of a Rogue One-esque where you have an open with a younger, like you did with a younger Jyn Erso, yeah. and then you jump to the future, which it, it seems like that's how the film's going to go? Yeah. So, you think it's just kind of like a, a series of events that kind of all kind of eventually come and climax at some point in the movie? You know, we're talking about... You know, some of these could be freeing Chewbacca, getting the dice, getting the the Falcon in itself from Lando. Jabba. Jabba, the Kessel Run. So, yeah, exactly. So it seems like it's going to be a whole bunch of Han Solo lore kind of jammed into this one film through a series of a whole bunch of different events that's going on. So I I think, like you said, it doesn't reveal too much that we didn't know. We expected that, yeah, sure, he's going to meet Chewbacca, he's going to meet Lando, and we're going to get to see some of the cool big events that kind of define Han Solo lore. Right. Which castle run we know, of course, is gonna be Java stuff and then Beck is gonna factor into this somehow. So Robo, maybe. What's that? A uh, young yeah, Lobo. Oh maybe. Lobot, yeah. Lobot, sorry, yeah, yeah. Lobo. <laughs> Lobo. Lobo. The Lobo Lobo from yeah. DC? <laughs> DC? um Is are we in a book? Do we know much like Catalyst kind of was to Rogue One? I don't think so. No. I would assume that we would we have already. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't even know if we're getting a tie in comic, to be honest with you. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, there's not much material going into this. Like like we said last week, I'm sure there'll be a solo trailer tomorrow. <laughs> I hope we get to talk about one next week. Like I've been I hope really so. dying to talk about this because so. some other things leaked onto the internet. Here are it's actually on a Facebook page that they did show a little sneak peek at a Disney event in Munich. So in Germany they showed a little something. And there's a Facebook post by a guy named Holger Frick. I'm not sure if that's a real name or not. Sounds reliable. <laughs> but he says, I saw a sneak peek. Of solo a Star Wars story, and I must say I'm really overwhelmed on how friggin' good it looks. Nothing about the story yet though. Uh, Aldrich Einreich is amazing as Han Solo, and so was Donna Glover as Lando. Amelia Clark and Woody Harrison look awesome and it definitely had an old Star Wars feel to it. So that being said, with the synopsis, does that give you a little bit more confidence in this property as to what they're going to be showing us here, hopefully within the next few weeks? At least, I'm assuming, it's got to be by the Super Bowl that we see this.
1: Yes. I admit it. I wrote the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> you caught <call> me, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I just jammed it. Uh, I got to say Chewbacca. I got to say Lionel Calderesian. and something about a whole bunch of fun. <laughs>
1: and old Star Wars. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Well, we've
2: been hearing that a lot lately, right? It feels like an old Star Wars film. We've heard that with Rogue One. Yeah. And uh, a little bit with Force Awakens, obviously. It feels yeah. like the old star wars so yeah all in all i mean uh i'm you know i don't know if it's because i'm getting more excited the film's coming closer or my anticipation has actually grown because from the first time i heard the news that we're getting this film i've kind of checked out yeah
0: you've always been on the periphery of this definitely definitely
2: but as we're getting closer and closer and you know i saw the lego bits the leaked images that you showed um i I am getting a little more excited for this film i got got to see the black series yeah i see those guys what they're gonna look like and um Yeah, you know, if we don't get a comic and a book, which I guess we're not because you mentioned, you know, we've had something. I'm kind of glad, you know, because one of my disappointments with uh, Rogue One is I loved Catalyst. I thought the book was great, but I felt like the book delivered so much. And then when I got to the movie, we didn't really get to see much of Krennic and um, Galen, you know, as, as opposed to what the book did. And I guess that's just not the story they were telling, but I gonna kind of like to be able to watch this movie and be done with it not knowing anything before it and not knowing well we already know what happens after yeah so i kind of like this approach if this is what they're doing
0: yeah would you have liked rogue one or better like the relationship if you read catalyst after you think like you got this kind of idea that there's something there and then you go back and expand and you're like whoa this is an awesome story as opposed to going the opposite way where you had this huge story and you're expecting and anticipating this interaction yeah. with these two great characters and you don't get much of it in the film I think going the opposite mm-hmm. way would have been better.
2: It, it might have. It might have. But at the same time, I kind of felt like it maybe appreciated it a bit more. Yeah. I don't know. It's, there's it's, a, lot it's, the book, yeah, there the a lot of
0: payoff from reading the book. There is a lot of
2: payoff. You know, it's a pretty underrated book, actually. Now that it I is. think about it, there's a lot of goodies in there.
0: Yeah, a it lot is. of people. James Lucino, yeah. Yeah, It's, yeah, it's man. good stuff. Yeah. Man. A lot of people have actually I've heard a lot of talk around the Commonwealth about that book. It's yeah. getting a bit more praise as, as time mm-hmm. goes on about how much impact it has for Rogue One. I really enjoyed it. And
2: it did such justice to uh, Jalen's, or Jalen, um, uh Russell's mom. Yeah. Because yeah, she's, Lyra, she's yeah. big. Oh, she's great. Yeah, and
0: yeah. makes some, like she references the Force a few times, and it yeah. kind of goes through In that. Ilum, the planet. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, love it. Anyways, get into that book. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> One thing we will tease here is a bit of our discussion on Rebels Season 4. Now, we're going to run through that on Star Wars Rebels Alert here within the week. But, Troy, uh, high-level thoughts on this thing.
2: Oh, this thing was jam-packed, man. We got so many goodies, and a blink of the eye, we got the Mortis, you know, kind of like... Um, What's the glass in the churches you call the 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 window, the weird stained glass. The stained glass. <laughs> Sorry, so <laughs> for for a blink of the eye, you get the stained glass image of Morris, uh the planet Morris. And I was just like, whoa, I had to flash back quickly and check that out. And there's so much goodness in there. Um from you got you got like the the the, the father who basically has like the Sith Child and the Jedi daughter yeah. and Ah, there's so much in there, man. I just can't wait to see it. And we got the owl, too, in there yeah. as well, which we see at the end of the Battle of um, Twilight Apprentice, yeah. right? So I just can't wait. This this season just cranked up like yeah. a million for me now.
0: What are your thoughts? Again, spoilers for Rebels Rebel Season 4 the last few episodes yeah. here, but what are your thoughts on E. McDermott coming back and voicing the Emperor?
2: So is it official? It is him. Yeah. See, because it's cool, because we predicted last season at the end of Rebels, I predicted it going to be uh, Sam Witter. Because yeah. he voiced him before. But but I did predict that the Emperor was coming back. Yes, you And did. I'm so glad that he's here.
0: Do you remember in, I think it was Celebration, I don't know if it was this year or last year, mm-hmm. that there was rumors that you McDermott had gone in and done something. Yes, I'm wondering voice if, work. Yeah, I'm wondering if this is in reference to that. Has to be. Because people, people are speculated. like, oh, maybe he's in, or it might have been for the video game as well. Right. From uh, Battlefront Battle 2. Battle but he, he was confirmed that he came back and did this, which is awesome. Yes, Aw. Oh. And then he's talking
2: to Ezra Bridger, like yeah, Ezra
0: Bridger. Oh, finally.
2: that's crazy. And then the and then the the loth, what was it the the wolves. Wol- yeah, the loth wolves. The loth wolves appear, and yeah. Ezra is, you know fully charged, ready to yeah. go. Yeah. He Cain's can't face look, the emperor. Cain's yeah. looking a little different. A little different, yeah. You mentioned it. He might be going back to Caden, dude. Yeah, Caleb. Right? Caleb. Yeah, Ca- C- Caleb, dude. Yeah, yeah. So. Cut ah, it's off be, the hair. Yeah, It's I because like, hot, callous, right? Yeah. He's trying to keep up with that guy.
0: I love that Hera references it too. Yeah. I don't like your hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's the exact same thing. I was like, "What?" I'm like rewinding, rewinding. <laughs> what does he look like? Did and, he shave too? It looked like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The lightsaber, eh? Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, that might have been the big thing. Yeah, you look like baby face. I know. I didn't uh, actually pick that up, so but I you're right. He you definitely shaved. <laughs> Anyways, we're gonna jump into a lot more detail on there, and we're gonna get through the last couple episodes that we didn't review either. Kind of rolling into, I think February 14th or something okay. like. That it's kind of that second Valentine's Monday. Day? I don't know if it's Valentine's Day or not, February 12th. I might be wrong here, February 19th, something okay. like that. And the finale will air on March 5th. Whew. Yes, so Man. quite an intense few weeks to come in Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, but before we get to there, we're gonna run through the Oscars on the way to the season finale series finale of star wars rebels so we just got word on the oscar nominations and we've got a little, little discussion around this we we usually like to do a run through the oscars it's kind of fun we do a bit of a beer bet we're talking about maybe doing actually i'm just throwing this other guys right now about doing that as our first episode of the Nerd room detours I'm walking through that sure. a bit more candidly maybe with a beer or two yeah. but let's just talk at a high level here about what we saw now Few snubs here, but a few interesting things. Last Jedi get four nominations. Wow! In the editing, mostly, and also John Williams getting a nod for the score. Yeah. Well deserved. Which is deserved. awesome. Score's great. Oh, yeah, God, oh, boom, it's so good in this. Boom, boom, yeah, boom, boom, so good. Ah, oh, love yeah. that score. Yeah, it's so good. And how did they weave that? I was watching some of the trailers actually. Yeah. And, Oh, oh so good. It's <laughs> actually one of my highlights throughout the whole film. Like yeah. John Williams came to play. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bow. We need ah, a soundboard. So good, right? <laughs> Blade Runner twenty forty nine racked up five nominations. Yes. Nice, and one though isn't best picture. No, Are you a little disappointed by that? Um, no, I, I, it's unfortunate. I, I get it. There's there's
2: some incredible films out this year. Um, but cinematography was my big one, yeah. and I'm glad it got nominated. I, I it should win. But um, for best picture, it's
0: okay. I can walk away from what, that one, and you know, be yeah. All right. yeah, yeah. It yeah. also racked up production design too. Yes. Yeah. What Which does that
1: even mean?
0: I think that's just be really like set design and all that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So how it looks outside because there's you get the, the CGI and I think production design. Well, no, it's not so much the um, costumes and that, but I think but it's just how the world set sets, up. Yeah. 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 Cool. So, yeah. So cool. how it looks in that Dunkirk now? Not ran away with things outside of uh, what was the big one that they had, The Shape of Water. But Dunkirk ended up with eight nominations, including best picture and best director in Christopher Nolan. Yeah. He
1: deserves a win. I don't know if he'll get it this year, no. but but he's got time... one
0: before, doesn't he? No. no. He doesn't have he doesn't have one. No. No. He, he has a best picture though. Nope. Really? Nope. No. no. No, he doesn't Dark have Dark Knight Pitcher.
1: got shut out and he got shut out for best uh director and best original screenplay for Dark Knight yeah so they that, had eight... that one was
2: the snub for, for the Dark Knight mm-hmm. but the other ones it's tough because you gotta look at what they were against that year right yeah it's like, yeah. always tough right? yeah and you
0: got like films like Inception and Interstellar I didn't Memento really like. Memento The Prestige yeah. I love that film that is such a great film it's so good it's like Wolverine
1: versus Batman right right <laughs> they of that it's crazy which is two Batmans technically yeah two Batmans yeah right yeah technically
2: it's two Batmans like oh yeah okay yeah yeah okay
1: yeah and david bowie's in it yeah yeah and black widow and alfred and alfred yes
0: all the common people that you see in (laughs) christopher (laughs) nolan films (laughs) same few actors you go back to the best though and the biggest one here now we're just there's all there's all kinds of nominations here we're not trying to not talk about get out or anything like that that. shape of water that i was so pleased to see get
1: out nominated yeah It came out so early. It came out so early, and horror films have traditionally been snubbed by the Academy. Mm -hmm. There's only been one horror film to ever win Best Picture, and to see Get Out get nominated is just a thrill for a horror fan like me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, put a pin in that conversation. I want to talk about that in just a second, about snubs and that. But one thing here. Logan. I think we got to revisit this, Troy. (laughs) You two both need to revisit it. I tried. I did. Well,
2: you watch like black and White four months ago. No, I didn't. I stayed away from the black and white one. Though. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, it got nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, the first ever superhero film, comic book film. Yeah. I shouldn't say comic book film, superhero film in history to receive a Best Adapted Screenplay nomination. Now, at this table, two-thirds of us did not like <laughs> that film. <laughs> not that I didn't like Hugh Jackman. Maybe Patrick Stewart got snubbed he was, here. He was great. Maybe he yeah. should have best supporting in that. I agree. But the adapted screenplay, that was the thing I had the biggest issues with, was yeah. the actual screenplay. And now it's here getting an Oscar nomination. Right. Sanjay, do we need to revisit this? Absolutely. This is, I think I had this number two
1: on my yearly list just behind Wonder Woman. You're not alone. A lot of people love this film. This is a tremendous well, film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Collider Video just did a top 50 superhero films. And I think this came in at number two.
2: That list was pretty bogus.
1: <laughs> I, I agree. Maybe one day we'll tear it apart. But uh, yeah, I mean, Logan, this is an amazing film. Just the heart in this film. It's it's like a Western. It plays out like a Western. And one thing is the Academy loves Westerns. And this feels kind of like that Western feel, the cowboy going out to his last gunfight or something. Yeah. You know, so I love this film. It's it's great. I mean, just embrace Best adapted Logan.
0: screenplay, though
1: i think so yeah i mean i haven't seen all the films out there but from the ones i did see i think this this what is, is terrific you I know mean, we talked about this a bit before the podcast but what's
0: it adapting like yeah that's the thing yeah. it's like, not old man logan no it, I, yeah in part yeah. is but <laughs> is it adapting a character like i don't it's interesting because it's does it fall into this category
1: it's kind <laughs> yeah. of like, okay, so if you have a movie, like, say, Jurassic Park, it's based on a book, that yeah. would be adaptive. Right. But if, say, the sequel, uh, the, which is also based on a book, yes. okay, but the third one, if the third one was great, um, would that be adaptive or would that be original? Because it's based off two previous books, but not one specifically
0: for that movie. When it, Does it move into adaptive when it's adapting, like, a character from a previous iteration of, of a film? So, for instance, it was, like, Peter Pan, Right. Would oh, yeah. I think right. so because yeah. it's like based
1: yeah. on. But like, like what Peter about Mann.
0: What about like a sequel to a movie that it was adapted from a book? Like, like The um, Godfather Part 2. Is it yeah. So I, I don't know. There's no book, right? I think there's just
1: the one. There's so is that life. original or is that adapted? Right. That we, has what, to be
2: original because there's there's nothing to go off of except
0: But you're the adapting first... I don't but, know. I but gotta,
2: yeah, because you're not adapting a story, right? It's, it's a brand new story. Like it's never could, been told before.
0: Yeah, like I guess you could be adapting Old Man Logan, but you're not really adapting it. There's, yeah. no, there's no story here you're, you're adapting to a screenplay. Right. Like usually there would be a framework set up, right? Like you read Jurassic Park, Michael Crichton book, there's a framework there. It's not adapted uh, like word for word or anything mm-hmm. like that. No. But I think what they're nominating here is you're taking your source material and you're doing the best job translating that onto screen. I don't know what this is translating. Right. Because mm-hmm. the story in there is not like a, like some elements of it, like him being old and kind of the world kind of going to shit and stuff like that. Yeah. That's, that's in the comic book, but the whole way it plays out isn't it's completely different, especially the stupid end part. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and the middle
2: part with his ex clone or whatever the case is.
0: That's the part, that's the dumb part I'm talking about. Yeah. About. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> now you're yeah. referring to the kids. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Going back to Troy's example... 23
0: maybe? That run? Are they adapting that? No, because adapt- it's still completely different, too. They jammed three or four comic book runs loosely together. I use the term loosely. Right. Extremely loosely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Going back to Troy's example, when he brought up Peter Pan, yeah. a movie like Hook... Exactly. It has Peter Pan in it, but it's nothing to do with the original story. Exactly,
2: because it's never been told before. So what would that have been? Original or adaptive? But, see, that's why I think that would be an original. Much like, wouldn't this be an original?
1: It should be, but yeah. maybe the originals were too strong that they're like, well, we got to give comic book fans one nomination because we've screwed them over for years. So, <laughs>
0: Part of me feels like, and if you guys out there have more clarity on this, I'm sure the internet does, but part of me feels like adapted is you're taking from something that exists before and that would technically include a previous iteration of someone in film exactly
1: so then would the last jedi be adaptive because it's adapting or going forward and furthering the narrative of rogue one
2: I see again i would or say, or say sorry the force, like, the force again i'd say that's an original screenplay because we've never had the last jedi in any other medium right? but we've so, had
1: those characters in the past yeah. that have been but typically sequels don't get nominated right
2: Except the Godfather, I think the Godfather, did. yeah, yeah.
1: So, and uh, Lord of the Rings, what was that? Oh, Return those are based King. on the books. Yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. So the first thing that comes up in Google here is adapted screenplays are based on other works. While original screenplays are based on the writer's own ideas. Exactly. So the key thing here is adapted screenplays are based on other works. So coming from something from before. So that could be anything then. So just yeah. So Hook would Logan. be an adapted screenplay right. because it's coming from an Kid idea. Pan, right. Yeah.
2: And so because we have Logan, Wolverine, and the other yeah. X Men, mm-hmm. so then it still counts as adaptive. adapted. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, so that makes
0: sense. Adapting an idea—it's not like a new original thought. Right. Like all most Christopher Nolan films, like Interstellar, original script. Original, yeah. Right. Yeah, um, Inception. Like, like
2: Tarantino, where it's all original.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So interesting. Like I don't know if I fully like I love seeing stuff like that get nominated, but I'm not fully there in support of that nomination. <laughs> I am from a comic book movie superhero film perspective. Maybe not for that film. Indeed, is and there in is you go back and visit? I probably will yeah. now.
1: Yeah. Is there any other com- or superhero films that came out this year that you think had better screenplays?
0: Um. Good point. Good. 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 I, uh,
2: I, I could, of course I could be biased. And I could say Spider Man, but I still wouldn't say it's worthy of an Oscar. No, Much like I'd say this isn't worthy of an Oscar. I'd, mm-hmm.
0: I'd say that to me, the screenplay of Homecoming. Can I say that? Is it better than Logan? Yeah. 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 But I don't but think it, I don't think it should no I don't think it should exactly. get an Oscar yeah. yeah you know it's pretty you know blueprintish ish yeah. bulk standard it's good yeah you know does Wonder Woman deserve something like that
1: uh, I don't think so either yeah. I think it deserves something I think the fact that Wonder Woman didn't get a it got, single nomination
0: actually got shut costume out
1: costume dizi- design costume design was awesome like you had the it Amazons did. you had the 1920s World War One uniforms I'm surprised I
0: didn't get something for that because I even like the idea that Wonder Woman. The, the progressive design of the Amazon outfits, right? Yeah. The right. costumes. Yeah. It's not all skin, right? Right. It's something that looks like what a warrior would wear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then even when you go back to old England, like that time looks, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. looks great. World World yeah. Oh yeah. And World War I Yeah. There's exactly. a lot there. So I don't know, like production that. design or costume design, something like that. Exactly. You know, it, it's hard to break in. And that's something that I want to touch on here. It's hard to break in these type of films into your best picture, your, your, you know, your, your best director, like, adapted screenplay we're getting some traction in original screenplay cinematography even like oh yeah these are to me some of the bigger bigger prizes at the end of the day is it time and i almost certainly touched on this last year is it time to split out the same way the golden globes do and start doing a different category for best picture because how do you you know this and it comes almost to the idea like Then you're starting to self-reward and do all this stuff, which some of this already is. But how do you include some of these other films like Wonder Woman or Logan or something to that effect that Blade Runner 2049 that maybe should be within these top 10? Like that's why it was expanded out to 10 was the Dark Knight effect, right? It was to include Mm -hmm. films or more films like the Dark Knight that traditionally doesn't fit or conform to the idea of the Oscars. But you're seeing all these films, if like you look at the top films for the year, and none of them get nominated for Oscars. Now, does that speak to the appeal of, or the mass appeal of films versus the quality of the film? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Maybe it does a little bit. <laughs> but is there is it time to start splitting out and doing, you know, best picture drama and then best picture other or something like that? I don't know.
2: Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I think it takes away from some of these things. Honestly, I, I'm probably the odd one here. I think you even get rid of, uh, this is kind of tough, best animated in some ways. Because sometimes, like you look at Toy Story, like, Toy Story is probably one of the best movies of the year. Like, that should have been able to win mm-hmm. yeah. Best Picture, as opposed to just, well, here's your animated, right? Well, but, that
0: would yeah. be the, the, you know, the distinguishing factor, is right? you'd have your own Best Comic Book Film, right? Yeah. And you'd have three yeah. nominations, yeah. right? And but then it still can't get
2: that Best Picture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, like Dark Knight could have got best picture should have but been. or it could have gone award of best superhero film you know like I, obviously you want the
0: best picture and that feels like an mtv award exactly right? Best yeah. superhero yeah. right exactly yeah and
1: i feel like the oscars of late are becoming more pretentious like back in the day titanic not a great film but it was like a huge box office success won best picture because that film i think encapsulated the year it like took audiences by storm it was just a it was a phenomenon right avatar got nominated for best picture is avatar that great of a film no 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 i mean who talks about avatar still but it got nominated for best picture because it was such a big hit now james cameron look at all the nominations that got nominated for best picture this year I bet you if you added them all up, they made not even $200 million at the box office. But that's
2: fine because it shouldn't be based on the box office. It should be based on the quality.
1: But I think it should play a factor in it a little bit because it speaks to the popularity of the film, right? Like The best picture of the year um, should encapsulate that year in film. And you get stuff like Wonder Woman where everything that's going on right now in Hollywood and you had this awesome movie with Wonder Woman... And for it not to even to get a single nomination
2: is yeah. crazy to me. Like, but 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 then also comes down to MTV. Like that's like an MTV award in a way because yeah, I think some of these films too are independent. They're low budget. They don't have the marketing behind them to pump out a thing like a Justice League or uh, a Wonder Woman at the same time. Right. right. So it, it kind of turns into a popularity contest in some ways if it, if it's based not just off box office but if you just throw in that as a factor.
1: I mean, thinking. I just think that they should take that into account. I mean, I think, that a lot, you know, they did in the past, it seemed. So why did they stop? I think maybe they're thinking comic book films and superhero films are beneath them, maybe. Because it's like, oh, it came from a comic book. It's not that good. You you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like they still don't respect the genre. Like, if you make a Western film, mm-hmm. even if it's just an average film, you're going to get, like, Oscar buzz. Because it's a Western film. Oscar, like, nominators or whoever, like, puts in the ballots love Westerns. Like, that's their jam. Cowboys gem. and Aliens? Oh, my Lord God. Love. Such a good movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Totally <laughs> joking. But that's based on a comic book. If it was just oh. an original idea, it would...
2: <laughs> well, even, uh, did Hateful Eight, Quentin Ontario did that get, uh... I not think Best a... Picture. No. And that's, and that's Tarantino.
1: I think he got some noms, no?
2: Maybe that like guy's original screenplay, but definitely not Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, True, I think True Grit maybe T- got yeah. Best Picture yeah, nom. Yeah. And it got it's best actress, best, film,
0: best supporting actress, whatever, yeah. Yeah. or best actor, best actress. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard. It's you know at the at the same time like, you know maybe the Oscars is in place to recognize the films that don't get the wide releases, exactly. the you kind know, of the international and domestic fame. Like you know does does Star Wars or Spider Man: Homecoming or Thor Ragnar do they need a like I don't I don't think they're at that level, but yeah. do they need a best picture nomination? for that prowess no like they made they made three four hundred five hundred a billion dollars right they've got that wide praise they've got that that kind of recognition already yeah you know is the oscars maybe more suited for recognizing films that that don't get that that same distribution Mm -hmm. and being able to to make a good movie and have it honored still on the same playing field as everything that makes a billion to you know a couple million bucks in theaters right so yeah yeah it's one of those things like as fans of this genre, yeah, of course we'd like to see a bit more representation there. But is it overall deserving? I don't think so don't in think every so. case. I, like,
2: we'll get there in time. I mean, these are like like Logan. Logan's a first you know, step, right? A first yeah. step in the right I, I, I feel like
1: he should have been nominated for Best Picture. Really? I think so, yeah. But, you have,
2: but have you seen all the other
1: Best Pictures too? Right? I have absolutely <laughs>
0: seen all the other Best Pictures. So you have seen Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get I have Out, seen Dunkirk and Lady get Bird, out. Nope. Phantom Thread, The nope. Post, The Shape nope. of Water, nope. three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah,
2: no. Nope. See, so I've seen three billboards. I haven't seen Shape of Water yet. So I've seen three billboards. Is that I've... worth watching? Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. It, it's it's really cool. Um, oh, the guy, Hammer, Justin Hammer, so, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Yeah. he's yeah. great. Yeah, he, he's, acc- he's an terrific Allen. actor. They're yeah. all good, and and the lead.
0: Yeah, Arnie she, Hammer's in that, like that too, right? No, that's no. coming by your name. coming by your name, yeah. Yeah, Snibbed.
2: Yeah. Um, I know what do you call it. Sorry, I lost my train of thought with the other film there, Lady Bird. I, I feel like it's pretty overrated. I didn't really care for that movie that much. Dunkirk's great, mm-hmm. obviously is. Well. The Post.
0: That's Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, and Meryl Streep. Yeah, yeah. Three multi-time <laughs> great. What do, you when to they, do you
1: think that? they just like see these people and they're like, oh, they've been nominated like five times? Like Leonardo DiCaprio, he finally won the Oscar for The Revenant, but a lot of people are saying like he was, he was been in better films before I that think so yeah. but they give it to him for the revenant because he's been nominated like a bunch of he times. he may or may not be in
0: another film he gets nominated for
1: exactly right like some i think there is a, a bit of politics in in this as well like 100 percent yeah. 100%. Yeah.
2: especially when you look at sometimes the way they place the leads like um the one year with andrew garfield social network it was weird because christian bale did the fighter and christian bale uh i believe he was nominated supporting. for supporting but he was should he should have been the lead Basically, because he—that's because like, Wal- Mark film. Wahlberg was in that. Was it he? Yeah, Mark Wahlberg was, was too. The and then Andrew Garfield would have like wiped the floor because he should got best supporting. So what I think they did is they actually made sorry they made um Christian Bale supporting and put him in that category. So obviously oh. he's gonna win, but it's kind of weird because he
0: should have been the lead. There must be screen time for supporting it, and lead. It must be. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know what. it is. Yeah, because yeah. I but guess that just proves weird.
1: Batman beats Spider oh, Man. Ah, <laughs> killing me here. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to be taking a
0: deep dive into this a little later on in maybe the nerd room detours premiere episode. But we will be following the Oscars here. Something like I said, we like to do every year. It's kind of fun to run through, see what wins. I'm always always got my fingers crossed for Star Wars: The Last Jedi (laughs) or Star Wars in general winning these things. Hopefully, I really the one I really want to see win is John Williams without score. That's Mm -hmm. my big one. If it doesn't win, sound like visual effects is up against Blade Runner: Guardians Two. War for the Planet of the Apes, we should probably Ooh, win. I think so. You know, so Kong Skull Island. So like there's there's a lot of good kind of in the effects there. So there's a lot to follow up here and it's it's always kind of fun going through. And like I'm probably not gonna make my way through many more than just Dunkirk and potentially the Shape of Water. Gotta see that one. Yeah. yeah. I wanna see that one. So that
1: one. any uh, Suicide Squad nominations again? Uh, not best, like, best hair and makeup again Logan. Suicide Squad 2 Logan is it?
0: your Suicide Squad of this year <laughs>
1: that's the best part of the whole thing is that Suicide Squad won an Oscar yeah, it's that, awful the the, suicide, or the Oscar winning film Suicide Squad oh, I, a, I, you I,
0: have to say that now it won, I strongly dislike that I just never bring it up
1: <laughs> So the DC universe has one Oscar win, but the Marvel universe so far has zero. So Are you I, sure about that? I, I guess we know which one must have more successful a, an effects or something. <laughs> I yep. don't think so. Didn't, didn't Winter Soldier gets so- yeah. See, Winter, Winter Soldier,
0: Soldier something best something adapted be, screenplay. Yeah, that should have gotten 100. Uh, that is
1: something in
2: my opinion that could have possibly been like best picture. Yeah. I'm been. with
1: you to the end, Bucky. And then he snaps out of his like kill rage what's up with that okay you guys get on martha that's just ah. as bad in my opinion he punched him like a thousand <laughs> times i'm with you to the end all he did was yank him out of the water he saved his life you yeah. should just let him die no and then we wouldn't get civil war or if anymore anything good
0: long haired bearded captain mary be pretty. we're cool. running long here guys we're gonna get out of this episode <laughs> while we're ahead if you guys would like to be a part of the show Make sure you email us at thenerdrm at gmail.com. You can always hit us up on Facebook or our YouTube pages. And as always, we like hanging out on Twitter. Our handles are at the end of the episode. And you can always get at us like Grabs Granite did through our website. Just click on Contact Us. And there'll be a little form you fill out there and i will come straight to our emails. We're always looking for contributions from you guys, the listeners. It's always a ton of fun kind of walking through some of those questions. Going to the next couple of weeks, we've got, I'm going to say right now, a Han Solo trailer for next week. I hope so. <laughs> it's bold, happening. bold. It's happening. If
1: not, then we'll cut a trailer.
0: Yeah, we will cut we'll a trailer. We'll act it out. <laughs> Sanjay is now Han Solo.
1: Can we all do our best <laughs> chewy voice? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so- oh god damn i don't know how to do this you gotta get you gotta get prepped <laughs> man <laughs> chewy <laughs>
0: it's not groot <laughs> chewy <laughs> do it. Have you ever seen star wars
1: that's star wars
0: right uh, yeah that's what he says
1: all back, the time back to
0: school. i can't wait till you're running around in Chewbacca costume for solo yelling chewy that's yeah, happening. Yeah, happening. happening i hope you're getting I hope you're getting it what if he
2: delayed it Like a week Does does he get out of it then? I get no, out of he it He said to Christmas okay. No
0: I right, didn't Just making sure I
1: said that they're not Going to come just out On the sure. day okay. that it said
0: This is a shout out To Corey at Tumbling Saber He's got his finger On the pulse of yeah. this one Fact check that yes.
1: Please I, I said they're not Going to come out On the day that it came out So if it's delayed Even by like 24 hours I'm off the hook
0: Yeah Ron Howard's Running with it the <laughs> I've got it Don't worry He trips and falls Say And breaks a it Say it's Saturday Anyways, <laughs> coming up here, we've got some Black Panther prelude episodes, yeah. Black Panther review. We're going to be into the Oscar nominations, our Super Bowl trailer episode that we like to do each and every year. When we get yeah. the debut of probably a new Infinity War trailer. Oh, I'm hoping at least by then a solo trailer and a few others for potentially Deadpool 2, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. We've got some big Dark things coming out. Dark Phoenix, maybe. Right. Yeah, you're right. So there's a few trailers, a few films out there that are... Asking, maybe Venom, don't know, maybe just something, Symbiote, who knows? Something we'll be running through all of those in quite a bit of detail running into the end of February. So, lots to talk about in the next coming weeks. Looking forward to getting back at the table with you guys. But until then, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Joey. Joey. <laughs> and thank you for entering the Nerd Room. Joey. <laughs> This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sunjay, on Twitter at the TroyTheBoy87, and Sunjabby. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out Nerdroom.net, And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, and YouTube. Be sure to head over to StarWarsComenwealth.com to find more podcasts in the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyworks Podcast, and San Diego Sabres. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at @swcommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.